Hey everyone, this is two-time Olympic gold medalist Heather Moyes, and you are listening to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 with Melanie Ake. This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Start your personal growth journey today, where you can learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com, register for personal growth and development classes so you can develop your own strategies to be a leader in your life. If you're ready for one-on-one accountability, I will walk beside you as your personal coach to help you gain clarity and perspective to lead your life and career as an everyday leader. If you're ready to develop your spiritual growth, you can gather with us for the Everyday Leaders Leadership Devotionals. We meet every day at 7.30 a.m. And we apply these leadership lessons and values to our everyday lives. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader that can change the world. Today on Everyday Leaders, we have Heather Moyes. Heather helps people live beyond definition, helping them live on their own terms, redefining what they are truly capable of, and embracing goals that are meaningful to them. This four-time Olympian and two-time Olympic gold medalist, Heather Moyes, is a multi-sport athlete, a highly respected motivational speaker, and she's completed internationally in track, cycling, rugby, and bobsleigh, in which she and her teammate won gold medals at the Vancouver and Sochi Winter Olympic Games in 2010 and 2014. And in November 2016 was her first Canadian female and the only second Canadian ever to be inducted into the World Rugby Hall of Fame. Now, having overcome multiple career-threatening injuries, Heather uses her personal experience and professional training as an occupational therapist. She encourages and inspires others to embrace challenges and believe in the possibilities of achieving their dreams, to maximize their potential, whether in sport, business, or life. To further personally embrace these points, Heather summited the highest mountain in Antarctica in January 2016 to raise awareness for PTSD and raise funds to help veterans and soon-to-be-retired members of our Canadian Armed Forces, going back into civilian life. And if all this wasn't enough, to help even more people, Heather wrote a book that I have called Redefining Realistic, a personal invitation from her to her readers to believe in the possibilities and discover for themselves what they are truly capable of. She's now doing more coaching and mentoring And I am so excited to have her here today. Heather Moyes, thank you. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 welcomes you 
Oh, Melanie, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness, girl. I always go back and say, (laughs) where did we meet? Where did we meet? And, you know, many of my guests, I have to say, it's John Maxwell's fault. It is. (laughs) You were speaking at a live Live to Lead event, which for people that are listening that don't know this, every October, he brings in leaders and celebrities and accomplished people that inspire us to live our lives big. And you were on stage with him in a private session. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm a sports girl. I love you. I connected to your story. And here you go on to some amazing journeys in 2018 that I I want you to share. But thank you for just connecting because we connected and I said, I'm going to be on your journey forever. So (laughs) I love that. I'm so glad. I'm so glad our paths did cross uh, at that, at that event afterwards when I was able to kind of mix and mingle with some people. Um, Yeah, it was amazing. It is John's fault. John has been uh, kind of has become a friend of mine over, over a number of years. I can't even remember when he and I met probably back in Oh, it was 2015, maybe. Um, I was actually hired to to open for him at a kind of a three part series, like on one day. And to be honest, in with what I was doing, I wasn't into the whole, you know, leadership conferences. And I wasn't in a bit, I was an athlete. So I wasn't in a business where I was, my company was, you know, hiring speakers. So I actually had no idea who John was, which he gets a kick out of, (laughs) of course, Um, humbly. I get to kick out of, I should say. Um, but I didn't know. So I did my research and I just, in the sense of, well, who is this guy? What is his messaging? Just so that our messages don't like, they kind of are connected, but they don't overlap and we're not covering the same things. And, and all I looked up was John Maxwell author. Cause that's what I was told. They're like, oh, just look him up. He's an author. And I'm like, okay. So I looked him up and I see like 80 books on leadership. And so I just thought he was an author and I'm like, okay, great. And then after it was all over, he approached me and he says, I'd really like to mentor you. I think I've never, you know, that very rarely do I hear someone who can connect as well to an audience. And I was like, oh, thanks. That'd be great. Like, I have no <laughs> idea that he has like an empire of leadership all around the world and crazy, crazy, crazy. So, I mean, it was, I didn't discover that until I, um, he invited me down to one of his you know, workshop courses, things. And I was like, okay, sure. I'll come down. Cause he's like, I want my staff to meet you. I was like, oh wait, this guy has a staff. Like, (laughs) What? He's more than an author. (laughs) And I get down there thinking it's going to be like a little coaching seminar. And there are like 1300 people in this room and lineups to go and, you know, see him. And here I am having lunch in the little cafe on the side with him and his staff. And I just, I walk out of there and people rush to me going, Oh my gosh, how do you know John? And I was like, I don't even know what to say right now. Anyway, it was crazy. It was really, it was really funny, but he is delightful. And I'm glad that he has connected me with people like you and that I get to be on this podcast with you to, to connect with all of your followers and I'm, anyway, I'm just excited to be here. I'm really happy to be here. Well, I so appreciate you. You know, when I started this dream, John really inspired me because as I was turning 50, it was like, what am I going to do that's big? I mean, I had done a lot of just normal things. And I thought, I want to impact the world and connect people that, you know, they have a story and they need to share it. And so having you here and the whole theme of this is overcoming obstacles, you know, overcoming obstacles and being mm-hmm. able to be your best self. And so your story 
of just going for it, right? Going for gold. And I can say that because you did. (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) And what I love is people that haven't seen you live, you actually bring your Olympic medals and let people touch them. (laughs) Touch them and wear them. And yes, absolutely. It was last year, I guess, was the... um, uh, the 10 year anniversary from the Vancouver Olympics from when we had one in Vancouver. And so a lot of people were posting these, like a lot of athletes were posting these photos of, you know, their accomplishments and their successes. And I mean, which is all wonderful and great because it's, you know, going down memory lane. But I think for me, what I did was I posted, I made these collages of all like, and I think, I don't know how many Instagram, like you can flip through and I think you're allowed to put eight pictures or something or seven or eight photos Um, as you scroll through. And so I maxed out the number of photos, but each photo was a collage of probably 12 photos, whatever I could fit in there that still looked somewhat decent Mm -hmm. um, of pictures of other people who were all wearing my medals, who had sent them or who had posted them on social media or who had, you know, sent them to me somehow or whatever. And it was, it was so awesome because the, it just, to me, it's just so heartwarming. Like someone was saying, aren't you worried about the, it was actually another athlete who asked me if I was worried about, you know, the ribbon fraying and, you know, denting on the the metal getting scratched and stuff. And the only thing I could think of to tell him was if I took my metals out of a safety deposit box in 10 years and they were brand new and shiny and sparkly and, you know, but never, having been touched by people or, you know, elevating people when they touch them, I just think I would have been ashamed of myself. Like I I don't, I think I would have been holding back something that couldn't, that has and continues to inspire so many people just because, okay, yeah, it's cool. It's kind of a representation of the highest level of achievement in some ways. But to me, when people actually hold it or they put them up, put like the medals on, I, their posture changes and it becomes more of a tangible representation of their own goals. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes them question giving up on something that they might've been considering giving up on, or it makes them re-examine something that they had put on the back shelf in the back of their brain. And so to me, it's just, it's a tangible representation of, you know, what people can truly accomplish and it doesn't, whatever their podium or whatever their gold medal might be, um, it's been pretty powerful to me. So, so sharing that and seeing the light, you know, in people has been, has, I mean, it's been a gift really. Mm-hmm. Well, in your book, Redefining Realistic, I mean, that really just speaks to your beliefs, right? What you believe today and what you can accomplish if you just start defining what's next. And for you, you're such a seasoned athlete and you've been able to accomplish so many things that people may say like, oh, well, I could do one thing, right? Or I could focus on one thing. But you are so multi-talented, A, as an athlete, B, as just, you know, defining who you are as a speaker, as starting your coaching program that you're getting ready to release. And so you can see more about your life. And so the things that you've accomplished, you know, John talks about success to significance. Mm -hmm. And so you've had that level of success of the highest level that people say, oh my goodness, if I could accomplish that once, you did it multiple times. And so to be able to share that with that heart of adding value to people, Heather, that's why I love you. <laughs> because people need to have you in their life and feel that energy and, and just that amazing spirit of 
you know, you're the cheerleader. You're the coach that says, I know you can do it. I did it. I'm going to help you get there. And not a lot of people can do that. No, but I think this is the thing. It's not so much that, like, for me, I think the most empowering part about my own journey uh, is partly because of how unique it was. Like, I didn't grow up dreaming about going to the Olympics. I mean, I, I grew up in a very, like on a small island, smallest island in Canada, Prince Edward Island on the East Coast, that was connected when I was growing up just by a ferry or a plane. Now there's a 13 kilometer bridge, but when I was growing up, that was it. And so there weren't people around me who were training to go to the Olympics. So regardless of how athletic I was, naturally gifted, to me, um, it didn't occur to me to even think about the Olympics because nobody around me was doing that. Nobody around me was training for that. Um, I grew up in a very, you know, Olympians, they were TV people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) TV people, not everyday normal people. Like I considered myself to be, and your show is called everyday leadership, but I considered myself to be so normal. Um, so I wasn't one of those people that, you know, the people that people cheer for and they watch on TV mesmerized and like that really wasn't who I thought I was. Mm -hmm. Um, so in hindsight, it kind of makes me realize people need to redefine, even though we make choices every day, we still make choices within the boundaries of expectation, mm. whether it's the expectation that we have for ourselves, just because of how we were brought up, what we were exposed to, um, you know, what we witnessed, we think we have this freedom of choice, but we are still limiting our choices and our paths and our goals primarily within still within those boundaries. And I mean, that's not even adding the extra layer of, you know, living within other people's expectations. And so it's, uh, it's been a crazy journey for me because I didn't start lifting weights or training, training for sports and taking them seriously until I was 27. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I at least had a bit of autonomy so that I could make decisions that were right for me and more value-based than outcome-based. And so I was able to turn down things that other people would have, you know, oh my gosh, what, you're turning down an opportunity to go to the Olympics because I did turn down the first opportunity to do bobsledding. And they're like, Heather, I know who's in the program. You'd be going to the Olympics. You'd, you'd be there for sure. You'd be an Olympian. And you could tell by the excitement in his voice that that had always been a dream of his. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it hadn't been a dream of mine. So I just said, I'm sorry, I, I've accepted a uh, an internship to do development work in Trinidad and Tobago. And I've always wanted to, you know, work in a developing country. And so, no, I'm, I am pursuing my goal, even though it may not seem as important to you as it does to me. So it's kind of empowering when you actually tune into what your values are and you're able to make value-based decisions instead of decisions based on other people's values and other people's sense of achievement and accomplishment and success. And I think that's where the power comes in, in terms of like owning your story and yes, being successful, but being internally successful, like fulfilled as opposed to just outwardly successful in the sense that other people have defined it as. So let me, Wow. That was a long blabber on. No, it was so great. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking like, how do you, how do you become so wise at 27? Who was your mentor that really just told you to kind of wait and step into your own beliefs? Well, nobody, I don't think I even consulted anybody at the time. I just thought, who does bobsledding, first of all? Mm -hmm. 
And it's not something I grew up with. I saw it in Cool Runnings, the movie, but I was like, what? <laughs> I'm not Jamaican. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was just like, you know, who, who wants to wear spandex in public? Like, come on. Like that, that's this kind of stuff that was going through my brain. Mm-hmm. And so this thought of, okay, well, you could go to the Olympics for sure. To me, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't appealing to me. It wasn't enough. I mean, afterwards, when I told my family that I'd been asked to do this, they were kind of like, oh man, I wonder if you could have made it kind of like this. I wonder what could have happened kind of scenario from my brother or my sister. My sister teases me because it's about spandex and she said, I can't believe spandex stopped you going from the Olympics, like that kind of thing. Um, but really it was just, I mean, it was just the right decision. And then four years later, I happened to run into that same recruiter at my former track coach's retirement party. And he was saying the same thing, but then he said, Oh, I know you're older now. So it'd be a lot harder. Mm. And I was like, I'm 27. Like you're writing me like what? And he goes, but I still think you should do this. I can't believe you didn't do it before. And so I said, Oh my goodness, I'm in the middle of my master's degree. I'm not, it's not like I'm really going to do this, but send me the information. I'll just do the testing. Like I'll go to the testing camp just so this guy can, you know, just let it go kind of thing. And so I went to the testing camp and I ended up breaking one of their testing records. And that's when I was like, Oh, wait a second. And it had nothing to do with bobsledding because I hadn't even seen a bobsled. Hadn't been down the track yet. Uh, There was no ice on the track yet. This was in the end of August. And so all of a sudden, I'm just like, the Olympics are in five months. And I just broke a record amongst these people who've been supposedly training for years to go there. I wonder if I can do it. Can I learn a new sport? Can I learn to do it well? And can I learn to do it well in time to represent my country at the next Olympics? And so for me... I didn't fall in love with the sport of bobsledding, but I did fall in love with the challenge of seeing if I could do something like that. Like if I could push myself enough to achieve something like that. And so it really had everything to do with the challenge, nothing to do with the sport. I mean, I learned to appreciate it and enjoy aspects of it, but it was really the challenge and all four Olympic games in which I competed, they all presented me with four completely different challenges. And so that's kind of the, the motivation that kept me, I wouldn't say it kept me going. Like I literally stepped away. I stepped away for a few years and then went back. Went like I never felt like sports controlled my life. So I think I was able to step back and make, um, and make better choices, better like value-based choices. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite John Maxwell books that I've taught ever since I became certified in 2017 yes. is The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. I yeah. I just, I live those laws. I think about them all the time. And as you're speaking, I think about the law of consistency. You know, mm-hmm. it's that discipline. Because motivation is really hard. But when you're disciplined, and like you said, you you come up for the challenge. And so anything that you have in life, that's such a transferable skill and lesson for people that just, you know, find the challenge in it, find the excitement, find that energy. And, you know, when you go and test for something and you have that natural gift, you know that that's what you have to do. You have to show up because God gave you this gift and he's going to ask you some point, are you using your gift? (laughs) Right? I know. He asked me a few times, I think. Before I I answered, Um, but I finally heard, I finally heard. 
It's so important. And so people that are listening to this, right, and they're afraid or they've said, I've tried, to, I've tried something and yet I'm not the best at it, but my heart's in it. You know, it's about the challenge. It really is what a lesson that is. It is about the challenge. And it's also, um, I think when you talk about consistency and you talk about, you know, having to work towards something and do something like, I think honestly, that some of the days that were the most valuable in terms of my training that helped my mindset to be able to compete when it came time to compete were the days that I really didn't want to train the days I trained when I didn't want to, those felt very successful. Like you leave there going, you know what? I did it. Even though I didn't want to, I did it. And those are the things that kind of fill your bucket for when you actually get down to it and you can stand at that starting line and be like, you know what? No regrets. Like I can't, there's nothing right now that I can look back on, which means you can kind of let that stress go. Like there's, I have done everything that I can to be the best that I can be at this moment. And so I can't control what other people do. I can't control how they feel. I can't control what they had for breakfast before racing. I can't control what equipment they have. So they still might win. But all I know is that I am equipped and have done my, like consistently done the work to be here and to be the best that I can be at this moment. And you kind of, then you're kind of free to actually execute what you've trained your body to execute. So it's been, it was moments like, when I mean, the thing, there's consistency, there's fear, but fear. So when we talk about fear, it's, we don't actually fear failure because failure is kind of a moot point. It's if we celebrated failure, uh, nobody would be afraid of it. So what we actually fear is what we assume failure will bring, which is mostly rejection, isolation, ridicule, Judgment. We basically fear judgment. We feel being judged by others. And that's oftentimes why people don't start in pursuing their goals because they're scared of what other people will think, or they don't want to announce what they're pursuing, or they don't want it because it might show a vulnerable side of them that they fear will be judged. Mm -hmm. And they fear that if they say something like it's, it's all about being judged or being isolated. And so that is, I think the thing that we have to get over. And when we do start something, unless we actually define kind of our root, why, like the actual reason behind us pursuing something, then anytime a challenge comes up along the way, you're easily going to fall off to the wayside. So if you're just doing it because you think it's what other people want you to do, then you will find excuses left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. It's something that, um, like excuses are everywhere. Are, are They're really everywhere. And I discovered this when I was home in Prince Edward Island visiting my, my family. And, the, and I just, I wanted to have a normal lazy summer day. Like I just wanted to chill. But I went to the gym anyway, because if you want to become a champion, you have to make champion choices. So I got myself off the couch and I went to the gym and I walked up the stairs and the door was locked with a sign on the door that said closed for the holidays. Mm. And I was so happy. I spun around with the biggest smile on my face. I walked to the car with a newly found bounce in my step. You know, I sung definitely the wrong lyrics to whatever song was on the radio, like woohoo, summertime, you know, and I get home flip off my shoes in the back hallway. I go into the living room, flop down on the couch, pick up the remote control, ready for a Netflix, like just, I'm just going to have a vegged out summer day. And then a vision popped in my head 
of the girl who was fighting for my spot. And this wasn't even someone from another country. This was from my own country who was fighting for my spot on the team. And she lived in Toronto and the gyms don't close for anything in Toronto except COVID apparently. Um, And so I knew she'd be training. So I got up off the couch and I walked to the back hallway and I was putting my shoes on just a bit to leave. And my mom comes around the corner. She says, where are you going? I said, I'm going, I got to go to the school down the street. Well, Heather, the school's going to be closed. If the gym's closed, the school's definitely closed. And I said, oh, I'll find something. And I did my entire upper body workout on the playground equipment outside of the school. So I left that playground realizing that excuses really are everywhere. And we just have to get creative. And a lot of the times we are so readily we're so ready and willing to accept the excuses and accept them as actual roadblocks and barriers when really we're kind of just giving in to something that's, you know, preventing us from accomplishing something that we really want to accomplish. And no, I did not want to lift weights, but yes, I did want to stand at the top of that podium. And so for me, when you start evaluating what the consequences could be of not, or being able to stand at that starting line and not have my bucket full of confidence, knowing that I did everything I could, those are the kind of choices and the, the things that we have to weigh in the moment. And so it's been a pretty powerful journey, a big learning experience. That's for sure. My gosh. I think about, you know, in your book, you follow someone that I also follow and I love Simon Sinek and you mm-hmm. talk about him in your book and, and his why, you know, his purposeful yeah. Ted talk on uh, start with why and find your why. And he really does define the things that you just explained is if you have it in your heart and you know what your purpose is first, then you're going to do anything you can. That commitment to excellence is going to show up in everything that you do because it's about those choices. It's so true. The thing with Simon, with that purpose is so many, the word purpose is very daunting for a lot of people. So, you know, people who have to, you know, when you think, oh my gosh, I have to know what my purpose is. It's, it can be very daunting. Um, and so for me, when it comes to choices or goals or things that we set for ourselves, when I talk about the root why, it literally is just asking for going down like four or five levels of why. Just You just ask the why four or five times. And after you answer, get to the bottom of that, then that will probably be your underlying reason for doing what you're doing. And when you figure that out, that is what will help you make your choices that align better with your goal, or it will reveal a breaking point. Um, you know, it might, you might realize that it's not actually as important to you as you thought. Um, and, and it often comes down to a feeling like something, it's not usually the money. It's not usually the, the, you know, the, the stardom it's whatever feeling that satisfies for you. It's some kind of internal reward that you're, that you're seeking or looking for. And, when you figure that out, it, it actually helps you get past a breaking point. You know, if you are ready to give up on something just because of the surface, why um, it's just not enough. That surface, why is not enough to keep like that promotion is not enough to keep you going. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not enough to deal with the annoying commute or whatever in order to get this promotion. But if you start thinking about why you had the goal of getting that promotion in the first place, Maybe it was because it would give you that extra little money that was going to go into your child's college fund because he had just told you about this 
a program that he'd wanted to do. And right now, currently with what you're earning, you might not be able to make it. So when you start realizing that, and then, well, why is that important to you? Why is it important to you that your, your, your child can take the program that he wants at school? And then you dig into that question. And then you dig into the question underneath that. And then you dig into the question underneath that. And then you're like, okay, yeah, you know what? A little commute, totally worth it. So it's, it shifts things. It just completely shifts your perspective. And you can use it, that example. You can use an example as simple as doing the laundry, um, comparing it to, well, you don't have to. When, you start, when people start realizing that they're, they have choices every single day, everything they do is a choice. They might not feel like it's a choice, but really it's a choice that they just don't like the other consequence of. And so when you start acknowledging that everything is a choice, then it starts making making things so much easier. It starts empowering you and realizing I really do own my story. I may not like doing this, but I'm choosing to do this because the consequences of not doing it are worse or, and that sort of thing. And so it really, it's, it becomes a powerful process when you go through that. It is powerful. And you are kind of the expert in this. I see you, you know, kind of living this whole story, but on the front of your book, you even say it, shift your perspective, seize your potential, own your story. Yes. And you're so confident in that. I've got to ask you this question because I've asked all my guests sure. for, through COVID-19, you know, what is the one significant thing that has changed for you and how are you overcoming that? One significant change <laughs> with COVID? Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, one significant change. Well, I used to be on the road. I used to live out of a suitcase like all the time, uh, would joke about, you know, being transient and gypsy and, you know, all that stuff <laughs> all over the place. I'm um, going from one speaking engagement to the next, to the next, to the next. And, um, and I was at the point where I was getting a little bit fatigued of the travel schedule and I was starting to crave now because I'm, I'm trained as an occupational therapist, being an OT was a little more one-on-one. I would have a client and I would be working with them to overcome, you know, whether it was, you know, whether I was working with them post-stroke or post-traumatic brain injury, I, I worked mostly with neuro and, um, or with a child who was, you know, dealing with, oh gosh, I did some kind of developmental disorder where we're trying to teach them to learn how to ride a bike. Like whatever the goals were that I was working with these people, it was one-on-one. And I realized that I was missing a little bit of that connection. I mean, I love connecting with people from a stage and then being able to personally collect them after if the, if the event allows. Um, and it's fantastic, but I was missing kind of being involved and invest personally invested in other people's goals. Mm-hmm. You know, like once those people left the room, I didn't know how they were managing. I didn't know if they were, you know, what stuck and what didn't and whether they were actually going to be able to own their story and, and I missed that. And so I had been wanting to do that, but really wasn't sure how, especially with the schedule being so busy and, and that sort of thing. And so COVID kind of took care of the scheduling thing. Um, it shut down events completely. So, I mean, although it sounds like it would probably have been ideal, it, it's been, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. It's been a rough year in terms of, you know, getting used to everything, um, the economy shift and, and, you know, financials, but it's been a really great opportunity for me to shift my mindset and reevaluate really where, like how I want to be helping people. 
And although I still definitely want to be, you know, doing some events and working from the stage and that sort of thing, I, I definitely am going to tone that down and be a little more choosy of the events that I do do so that I can focus a little more on the coaching, whether it's, you know, personal private coaching or whether it's, you know, small group coaching um, and developing that because I really missed, like I have missed that. I was doing a little bit of private coaching. Uh, it just wasn't enough. So now I can't reach, I can't reach as many people if I'm just doing a one-on-one. So I'm kind of creating small groups that cohesive groups where people can be invested also in other people's uh, goals and, and be part of the whole process. And it's just, I'm, I'm really excited about it. That's really awesome. And so you're getting ready to launch this. And I was really excited that you had shared this with me before the podcast. Uh, what are you, what's um, kind of the date? Can you share with us when that well, launches? We are, there are different, I'm going to be running. It's basically a 10 week program. Um, I may shorten it. If people, if people show me in, that they would rather do still the 10 sessions, but in a little more of a, uh, instead of a week between compressing it a little bit, um, just for kind of expediting going through the process, then I would consider that as long as there's enough time to absorb sessions in between. So I'm going to be running them probably stacked one after another. So there will be various start dates. I'm hoping, um, one, uh, by the time this airs, one might be underway or we'll just have gotten underway. Um, but it's called the U pursuit. So it's called the U pursuit and you can find out details on my website And on my website, there will be either a registration form that kind of leads you to, you know, the information registration, or there will be a pop-up that says, you know, coming soon when the next, when the next session is this current session is full, but sign up and you'll be notified when the next one's starting. Um, And I'm really excited. Just small groups. I'm talking like eight to 12 people. Um, If it's a few less in one cohort, then great. If it, you know, but I don't want to go very much bigger. I want it to be intimate and personal. And I want everyone to make sure that they're getting the attention that they need in order to achieve what they want to achieve. And I'm just really excited. It's about coming in with a goal uh, and learning the process of how to break that down uh, into those manageable people, into milestones, and then breaking them down into actionable steps. But all of that done on an education level in terms of doing those SWOT analysis and the PEO um, figuring out right from the beginning, really defining the goal. So there are, it's not general. It's not, you're not just, you're not just setting a goal because to be healthier, healthier is a very subjective term. Um, and so it's really defining what, what goals you're targeting. And, and, and a lot of people struggle with that. So part of it is the struggling of clarification, not only of your goals, but also of your values. I don't think people really know their values um really clearly um which helps well if they don't know their values it makes it harder to prioritize it makes it harder to you know make those decisions that are important to balance i mean we all have a million things going on in our lives with families and whether they're children or jobs and you know significant others and health issues and school like there's so many different things we're balancing that you have to know what your values are in order to know what your priorities are when you're prioritizing things. And so anyway, it's going through the whole process and I'm just, I'm really excited about it. It's helping them kind of develop also strategies and, and skills of developing a champion mindset so that when they do encounter the challenges that are inevitably, inevitably going to pop up, I mean, we might as well just accept the fact that challenges are going to pop up 
things are going to pop up. And so developing that strength in the mental fortitude and that champion mindset and how to deal with those things when they pop up, that will be important because as I just said, it's inevitable. So we might as well set our goals and just kind of be like, okay, well, you know, let's, we'll see the challenges when they come because we're, we know they're coming and then we'll figure it out when they get there. So anyway, I'm really, I'm just really excited. I'm really excited to be helping people with their goals again. Yeah. I, I, well, it's so important because you are such an authentic leader, Heather, and you really, you know, you've discovered so much about yourself and, and really, especially now through COVID-19, you know, what can we do to help ourselves kind of go to that next level, right? And so for you, uh, I love that reflection of, I want to connect deeper. And so these small groups are going to be fantastic. And who wouldn't want to learn from an Olympian? I mean, come on, <laughs> a gold medalist. Hello. <laughs> Sign up today. <laughs> Sign up right away. Um, it's, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's nice that you say that. And that is true. I mean, I am a two-time Olympic gold medalist, but it's just there, it's, it's not just in sport. It's cra- It's just crazy the, how the mindset just transfers over to different fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I'm, yeah, I'm just, you know, I just, I love it. It's, I love it. And so I, I'm, I look forward to opening your followers with open arms and, and embracing them and their goals. Because it's when people, when you're in a coaching relationship like that, their goals become my goals. And I'm clearly a goal getter. Like I just, you know, I love goals. I love challenges. And so it's fun for me to be able to work through the things that are, you know, maybe preventing people from moving forward. And, you know, you were talking about challenges earlier. And the thing is we think of things as being um, like tangible challenges, but most of them are just our own assumptions and our own self-limiting beliefs and our own fears and the excuses that we make are usually because of those assumptions, self-limiting beliefs and fears. And one of the biggest challenges we face is the judgment of other people and the expectations of other people and getting past those things in order to be able to stand in your own light and be able to, you know, live your truth. And that's often the hardest part for people. So having a really good support system like a group, whether it's mine or whether it's somebody else's, but a really good support system and group is, uh, is crucial to being able to, you know, pursue something, um, with the best intentions and with the best support. And it, it really, it really is. So, and people that have never gone through that experience, you know, we talk about masterminds. I think that term mastermind is so underused, under, under, understood, I guess, if I want to understood. say it that way. Yeah, both. Right? Because you think, oh, it's a small group or it's a study together. You're doing a book study. But the mastermind is like the group coaching session. And so that really gets down deep into your values. Like you said, why do you believe this way? And then transforming that energy into how are you going to use that now to, you know, we don't like to change. We want to see change, but we don't like to change. So, you know, really understanding the why and the values behind it is uh, is really going to help people push to that next level. It is true. And when you're dealing with a small group, it, other people's goals, like your your members, your team members, their goals become their members' goals. Like everyone is inve- becomes invested. I mean, they still have their own focus and their own goal, But I mean, yes, I could go and do private coaching and just coach someone one-on-one, but people get value for themselves by also helping other people. Mm -hmm. 
And so the perspectives of having other people, um, like a, even if it's just a few other people, you know, tapping into your goal and giving you suggestions, a lot of it comes down to creativity and thinking outside the box. And, you know, knowing that you have people who are supporting you instead of just one person, um, knowing that you have a group who's, who's cheering you on, you know, everybody's hoping the best for you. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there who don't have that in their family or who don't have that same kind of, you know, light, I get up, uplifting, you know, support uh, from their families or friends. And, and so these kinds of groups are, are not only good for the expertise that you're getting from the coach or from the leader, um, but are also phenomenally powerful simply because of that support system and that accountability system built in, built, like built right into that program. And so I think it's, I think it's a huge value. And like you said, I think they're kind of, maybe not undervalued, but a little bit misunderstood sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think that people use the word mastermind to reflect different things. Mm -hmm. So if people are looking into things, they just need to look into what that particular program is about and find the thing that like find the group that best serves what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Well, you've said it so many times tonight, mindset and, and that's right. So you change your mindset and this is a great way because you always think about that boardroom. If you've been in a boardroom experience and somebody says something that you're like, I was just thinking that, right. I I just wanted to say that. And that's exactly how these groups work. And so it's so encouraging to know that you're going to start leading these from your level and to be able to really encourage people and walk beside them. So I applaud you for that. I think, you know, COVID's been great because it's let you see what your real strength is uh, to really pour into others. So congratulations. It is. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, Heather, all right. So tell people where we can go to find you. What's your website? Yeah, well, the website is, I mean, it's pretty easy, heathermoist.com. Um, it's, uh, it, everything is there that you need. It's, I mean, it's pretty extensive website because it covers, you know, speaking and, and things that, you know, your, your followers may not care about at all. Um, but there's a lot of background information on me if they want to kind of do that little, you know, background check. Um, and there are also options, you know, to work with me, whether some people might be interested in working privately with me, but, um, the whole, all the information on the you pursuit is there. And, um, I'm just really excited to, to, to embrace everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It is so great. Well, you know what? And so if you're listening right now and you're saying you have an event coming up, um, you can also go out, you can hire Heather for, to come out and speak to your group. And I think that's, yes. uh, as we get started back in 2021, you know, mm-hmm. your calendar is going to start filling up. So I hope that, uh, if you are listening to this and you have an opportunity, uh, to connect to Heather, just get her on your schedule soon because, uh, you won't regret it. Oh, I would love it. I would love it. It's funny because before I was missing the the one on like the closer interactions with people and now I'm missing the bigger groups. Yes. Like it's, it's crazy how, so you know what? I am excited. Just bring it on everything, all of it. We will conquer the world, empowering ourselves and each other together. And we will, you know, just take over the world with love and compassion and empowerment. That's right. And yeah. we, we are redefining realistic as we get through all of this. So 
Man, I love you. I thank you so much for coming on tonight and just sharing your heart and your journey. And that we could talk for hours. I know. And I'm going to have could. you. I'm going to have you come back on some other things, some live events, and, and to get people around your program. So, um, I just really, really want to thank you, Heather, for sharing your heart and um, and just being a great person and an everyday leader that is really changing the world. Melanie, thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you for having me. This has been a Joe Studios production.